Yo, what is up, guys? Welcome to an episode of Smart Minds Good Times. Today, I have my teacher for trade school. Introduce yourself. Jordan Baldwin here. Jordan Baldwin. Yes, sir. Uh, yeah, teacher, electrician, DJ, uh, all around the board. A little bit of everything? A little bit of everything. Yeah. How, how long have you been doing electrical? Um, Since 2014. So, eight, nine, nine years. years. Nine years, hell yeah. Nine years, yep. I started in November of 2014, so we're right at about to be nine years. Okay, wait, wait, what were you doing before electrical? Working at Walmart. Walmart, how was that? It was a Walmart. <laughs> yeah, was it like a, in a nice area or was it like in the? No, I worked at the one in Chester on Ironbridge. Uh huh. Um, I worked there for five years. That was my basically my first job out of high school. I worked at Coles for two weeks. Okay. And I went to um, Walmart. I went to the one on Chester. One in Chester. Worked there for four and a half years, overnight stocking. And during that time, that's when I was trying to get my DJing off the ground. Okay. And I was I was gung ho about my DJing, but I wound up getting with lady friend. Thoughts started to change, um, and it wasn't picking up as fast as I wanted it to. Okay. Um, so I started that in like 2011, and then probably by the end of 2013, I had started to like it back a little bit. I still would do gigs. Yeah. But I wasn't like all in like I was before. Mm -hmm. Um and then finally moved out in twenty thirteen. Moved out of my mom's house. Okay. And then um wound up going to the other Walmart for six months. T L E, Tire Lube and Express. Tire Lube Express. Doing oil changes, okay. tire changes. Did that for five years. Well, did that for six months. Worked at Walmart for five years. Then I got into electrical trade. Mm -hmm. I had bought a piece of a shit car. <laughs> I think I told you guys in class. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. Remember. Um, uh, bought a car for three thousand dollars. It was just about all I had, and it was it was a lemon. It was a lemon, and it had electrical problems. Uh -huh. People didn't want to work on it. It was just passing on the work. Finally got a guy, but. Even him, it wasn't it wasn't worth it. So I told myself I was gonna do it myself. Yeah. And but I didn't know what the hell I was doing. So uh -huh. I wound up um just looking online, wound up finding that I could go to school and get it paid for. Yeah. No, at first let me let me walk back. I had um looked looked online, found Richmond Technical Center. And I was like, I went to Richmond Tech I went to Richmond Public Schools. And I was like, that's not, that's a no-go. Yeah. That's a no-go. Went to, uh, I went to Huguenot High School for a little bit. I went to Lucille Brown for a little bit. And I was like, I went to Richmond Public Schools. There's no way I'm going to go. And I'm paying out of pocket for that. So I was, was like. Was it expensive? I think at that time it might have been like 500 a year. I mean, Maybe 500 a semester. Yeah. Looking back on it, it's not that much money. But yeah. back then, shit, I was only making... At Walmart, maybe, maybe ten dollars an hour. Yeah, well, five hundred dollars back then was actually a lot. Now it's not a lot. Five hundred dollars is nothing now. Yeah. Um, but um, I wound up calling around, calling different companies, 
I was part of CVCA and just listening for how they represented themselves on the phone and wound up getting on with Master Electric, applied for them. Oh, you were with them? Yeah, I worked with Master. Oh, shit, okay. Yeah, I worked with Master and then worked there for two and a half years, then went to Cornerstone Electric for another two and a half years, then went to the city, mm-hmm. city of Richmond as a maintenance electrician for almost three years. So just about in it, between two and a half and three years. And then now I'm teaching full time. Yeah. But that you said full time? Yeah. I teach kids now. That's what I I'm teaching kids around your age. Yeah. Oh wait, so you teach them electrical too? Uh yeah. Outside yeah. of Seveca? Yeah. I teach in Henrico. Oh shit, hell yeah. Yeah, I teach um eleventh uh, and twelfth graders in a technical program. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. At the tech center, right? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Damn. Yeah. I didn't know that. I thought I told you guys that last year. Mm. Maybe, but I always had headphones in. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, there you go. No, but I would say like you, you were, you were like one of the cool teachers. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah, no, like yes, last year was your second year, right? Last year was my second year teaching adults, so this is my third year. Okay. This is my first full year teaching kids. Because okay. I came in in October of last year to teach. To teach uh, at Henrico. Okay. So I got in like two months after school had started. So I was like a little bit behind the eight ball, but I was there for most of the school year. Okay. So, but yeah, that's, I mean, that's where I am right now. Right now I'm just trying to invest. Yeah. Invest because I told you, like I was telling you on Tuesday or yesterday. Yeah, um, yeah it was yesterday, right? Yeah. It was yesterday. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, what are you looking at to invest in? Man, I I invest in I invest in mutual funds. Mutual funds, okay. I invest in mutual funds because I'm I don't have the time or the energy to try to like really sit there and look at the market, uh-huh. knowing what stock is doing what, and you got day traders, you got people who you know. I don't want to cut you off, but I, I think I had told you that that that's what I do. Remember? Are you, are you a day trader? Yeah. Did you tell me that? Yeah, I'm pretty sure I had told you last year. Oh, maybe last year, maybe. Yeah, yeah I forgot uh-huh. last year. It had been a while, but yeah, I've been doing that for like two, yeah, like two years now, two and a half years. You gotta know what you're doing with that. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. I thought about getting into my cousin. She um she had hit me up last year, and yeah. she was trying to get me to start doing sh- um also, options. Okay, options. Okay, yeah. You know, puts and calls, and I was like, that's risky business because when you invest in a stock by itself. You just lose, if you lose, you just lose 1x, right? Yeah. But if you invest in a put or a call and it goes bad, you can lose 2x, 5x, 10x. Yes, but so, if because that's what I trade options, right? Mm-hmm. In the options, you can, you'll only, you can only lose what you put in, right? But when you're, you can lose more than what you put in if you're trading on margin. Margin is when you borrow like borrow money. the broker's money. Right. So you're okay. borrowing the broker's money, and you lose more than what you originally put in of your own money. Then that's when you lose money. That oh, so I got it. I got it understood. Yeah, because oh. but you're right about it's risky. Because the most I've lost in a day is take a guess, like in a day. A G. More. Five G. Less. Three. Yeah. Thirty two. Wow. That's yeah. A lot nah. of money to lose. But. Uh, it's it, it's different but like you get like so used to playing with like big numbers that 
uh, it comes to a point where it's kind of like a, it's like a detachment because you don't you just see numbers on the screen. It's not, you don't think about it as money. If that makes sense. Well, yeah, you can if you if you get lost in it that much. But I don't want my money to be losing. Yeah, no, I feel you. I um, yeah, I wanted to do that because I knew there was one company that was going down. Uh huh. Um, it was this company called MicroStrategy. MicroStrategy. What did they do? Shit. Um, <laughs> I can't remember what they do. But they invested heavily in Bitcoin. Okay. And Bitcoin was going down. Okay. So therefore, with their assets being backed up by Bitcoin, their value is of their company is going to go down. Yeah. And my cousin, when she had hit me up about it, I was like, man, I got this one company that I might want to do something with, but I ain't had a money, and I ain't really had a want. Okay, I, yeah. I probably could have came up with the money if I really wanted to, but um, that's like when you going into something new, you you you're a little risky, yeah, um, a little iffy. But her girlfriend wound up investing in it. Okay, how did I go? Or doing what I said, which was put a put on it. Okay, because I knew it was going down. Long term, I didn't give her a term. I think she made up her own term. But okay. they was just going down. I think they were. You can look it up now. I think they were at like a thousand, and they went down to like four hundred. Really? Per share? Yeah. Let me. Let me hope. I don't have the best service here, but let me check if I can check. Micro strategy, right? Micro strategy, yeah. It's run by um this guy named uh, Michael Saylor. He uh, he's a big advocate for Bitcoin. Huh. But at that time, when they was when they when my cousin was trying to get me started with it, I think they were at. It was already going down. I think they were at like seven hundred, maybe maybe eight hundred, and they started going down. I think they went down to six hundred, and went down to four hundred. And I was like, man, I wish I had did that. Yeah. Oh, hold on. I see now. Hold on. It was it was last year, but who knows what they are now? They're at three twenty six. Yeah, they yeah. So they didn't kind of like slow down their decline, but they still are declining, obviously. Oh, okay. I see what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. They um. They were going down. Yeah, no, that's crazy. Have Have you seen um, like when stocks like red like people from Reddit and like a bunch of people get together and yeah, I remember GameStop and um, AMC from was that last year or two years? It ago? It was two years ago. Two years ago. Yeah, I remember that they 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 short they pulled a short squeeze on uh-huh. the, um the big um um what you call them things the funds the, the Hedge funds. Hedge funds. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. They they did a short squeeze on them. Yeah, and it was it was the dude that realized that was like a he was just a normal dude. I think he only he made like YouTube videos and stuff, and he found out that like GameStop was like a, it was heavily shorted by hedge funds. Mm-hmm. When in reality, GameStop wasn't that bad to where the price was at, so he just kept buying. He told people to get just keep buying, keep buying, mm-hmm. and eventually I don't. Do you know how like uh, short squeeze works? I understand the concept. I don't know what like to a T, but I know being that, and I think the hedge fund going back to what we were talking about with the with the puts and the calls and being able to lose multiple X of your money. Uh-huh. I guess the hedge funds probably invested in a put on margin. Yeah. So with 
I know I put in the call, you could put term limits on it. So, like, I think the stock is going to go down to this number mm -hmm. by this date. And if it doesn't, then, you know, maybe, I don't know, you get some type of consolation or you maybe get some of your money back. Or I'm not sure exactly how that works. Yeah. But I know you could choose a date and choose an amount. And they, from my understanding, brought the price up. When they, the hedge fund wanted to go down. Uh-huh. But they're they're buying it so that it's going up, so it's it's squeezing them to where they have to pay money to the creditor who gave them money on margin, yeah. And they have to keep on paying, and to the point where I think Robinhood had shut shut all purchases down yep. of um, GameStop and um, AMC AMC mm -hmm. to protect the hedge funds because Robinhood is a free investment app so why is it free it's because i believe the hedge funds are paying or giving money to um robin hood to give them stats on what's being invested in and what's not being invested in. yeah they know what you're doing before you even do it right so that's why they I guess you could say we're allowed to do that, but that's why they did that was yeah. to protect the people who were paying them. And you know what? Because when they did that short squeeze, they were losing money both ways. Because they were losing money during it was going up, and then when they do close a position, because it was a put, they have to sell. So in order to close a sell, you have to buy. So they once they close it, it's they're also buying. They so gotta buy something that's more. they gotta buy something that's going up. Yeah. Right. So either way, it was gonna go up more. Right. Right, yeah. so yeah, you know it a little bit better than I do, but I do understand the concept. I yeah. do understand the concept, but um, yeah, that I do. I do mutual funds. Okay, mutual funds, and I don't invest in American companies. I've done a lot of. We talked yesterday. I've been, and I was telling um this lady that I work with, older lady, real older lady. She's almost eighty probably, and ever since like the end of two thousand nineteen, I've really just like hunkered down and started to like try to educate myself about money yeah and the economy um and i listened to this guy peter schiff i listen to a lot of people but peter schiff is is a big one um he actually was on joe rogan's podcast okay i need to watch that episode yeah then. he's he's been on there at least two times but i believe three times um and he actually had a sort of a big little like a little riff with um joe rogan because um Peter Schiff is very outspoken about okay. how he feels about the economy, which, from my from my perspective, I agree with. Um, but I've, like I said, I've been listening to a lot of a lot of stuff about money, and um, I know when I was a kid, a lollipop was twenty five cent, a bag of chips twenty five cent, oh, uh -huh. and a bag of chips is smaller now less chips in it and it's like 59 cent i believe if you buy it with the 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 marking the yeah. the price on the bag uh -huh. now what the store sells it for is what the store sells it for but the price on the bag 59 cent so you're talking about a hundred over a hundred percent price increase and i was a kid what 15 years ago yeah you know 16 17 years ago um that's not that much time to double price. Yeah. So if the money is losing value that quick, I'm realizing it, you know, like 
I had moved out. I told you I moved out in 2013. And I wound up getting another apartment. I stayed in multiple apartments. And one time I was down on my luck. That fucking golf that I bought. Yeah. It took a shit on me again. And I had to dig into my savings. I didn't have that much savings. I probably had a little over $1,000. Damn. I ain't have much. I ain't, you know. And I was like, man, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling, sitting here saving money, and as soon as something happens, I, that money's gone again. Yeah. You know what I mean? So now if something else happens, I'm fucked again. I need, I need to figure out a way to have my money work for me. So that's when I decided. I knew at that point in time I couldn't just go out and invest in anything because I ain't had the expertise. I don't know what I'm doing, but I decided to go ahead and like educate myself on money. Yeah. And in that in that quest, I started listening to podcasts. Peter Schiff, like I said, is one one main one that sticks out in my mind. Um, and that's when I realized when we don't have control of the money, you know, money money is supposed to be a another good, right? Yeah, it's not supposed to be controlled by some entity. Gold came about because um, that was the consensus best money out there. You know, back in the day, they long time ago, they used to trade in shells and yep. fucking goats. And I give you a goat, barter system. And then eventually we realized the best way to trade is to trade with gold. Because even if I don't need gold, someone else needs it. Yeah. Sort of like cigarettes in prison. Right. Mm, yeah, it's more valuable because of the environment's in, right? Right. Even though if if we're all in prison, even though I don't smoke, uh-huh. I can trade my pack of cigarettes for however many fucking things and noodles you have yep. because maybe you smoke or you may be able to take that and trade it for something else. Yeah. That's how gold kind of became the thing because gold doesn't tarnish. It doesn't. It doesn't expire. Yeah. It holds, I mean, I guess in that case, it holds its physical value. Yes. It uh-huh. holds its physical value versus like a goat. A goat is good, you know, back in the whatever times mm-hmm. when there wasn't much going on and cattle was a lot more valuable. But a goat can <laughs> die. A goat can get sick. Yeah. You know, things can happen to, um, say, in today's time, wheat, you know, crops. You want to mm-hmm. trade in crops, that stuff dies. Gold doesn't. So it became the thing. It became the thing to trade in, and then the government kind of flipped it on his head and made it into a currency, and they have control of the currency. Yep. So it's taking our power away, our purchasing power. And I, and when I really started thinking about it, I was like, man, this is really diabolical. Like uh-huh. to to ha- to know that someone or some entity is basically keeping me enslaved. It's keeping me on a hamster wheel. Yep. Because if, if you don't really, if you don't pay attention to it, they you're fucked. You know what I mean? Like you, you, you don't even realize that the that there's this hand, this invisible hand that's like just taking your money away. It may not be taking it through, through taxes, but they're taking it away through what you can buy with your money. Cause you you know one thing they do with um, I guess like if we pay with only physical money like cash and coins, they don't really get anything from that. They can't even trace that. But when they pay in credit cards and debit cards, you gotta think about it, right? They're good. All that money's gonna come back to them in either way, cause they'll get uh, interest, like fees, interest from the cre- debit card purchase you did, 
do like the machines at the stores and stuff. They get money there, and you go spend money somewhere else. They'll oh, that money will always find its way back to the bank. And you could, like you said, you could trace it. You could track what's being purchased. Yeah, it's a paper trail. No paper trail with cash. But you know, um, that's what I, you know. That's what I. That's what I was on. That's what I started to figure out. And I just have to realize, like, I got to do something. Yeah. I got to do something to, like, protect myself against that because it's that's 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 a bleak outcome. Yeah. And we just hit, the United States just hit $33 trillion. In debt, right? In debt, like, a couple of days ago, a few days ago. And I think the credit card debt is also the highest it's ever been, too. Oh, yeah. Credit uh-huh. card debt is out of, out of control. Everything's yeah. out of fucking control. Yeah. But people know this. And there's a, there's a, something is going to be, I, I call it the great reset. It's going, some shit is going to happen where something's going to tip the scales and, and everything is just going to fucking just go to shit. And people, you know, we've kind of, we know that things are changed from before, but we don't realize how close we are to the cliff. Yeah. You know, as a as a whole, America doesn't realize how close we are to the cliff. You know, things have gotten better. Certain things have gotten better. Obviously, sitting here, technology, we're sitting here looking, talking on the mic. Yeah. And going to be having this out on a video soon. But, um, you know, that wasn't a thing 25 years ago. Uh-huh. Technology has gotten better, but our purchasing power has lost. I worked at Walmart, like I said, stocking yeah. shelves. And I remember... I didn't know what it was at the time. I wasn't I, I wasn't knowledgeable, but I remember stocking the cake the cake mixes on this on the shelf, and I got some on the shelf. Got this new case that I'm about to put on the shelf, and the new case the boxes are smaller. Mm, same price though, right? Same price. Yep. And you know, people realize it. They see it, but companies don't. They don't change the price because people. That's a psychological thing. They, they that price is locked in in their head, and you, yeah. and you just go ahead and up the price, so they keep the price the same, but they just change the amount. Yep, it makes it easier. Uh, make it makes it an easier transition. Even sugar, like all that shit. I remember, and then once I started educating myself on the money, I realized, wow, that's what was going on. The sugar used to come in five pound bags. Yeah, that was four pound bags. It's all that stuff. Everything is just getting smaller, and you're paying the same price. And then, like, America, everybody knows America. Everyone wants to come to America. Oh, yeah. Even still to this day, people want to come to America. But it was only because we had the best economy. We had the most economic freedom. Uh-huh. And then over time, it's just been taken away. Um, so I just, you know, I've been investing in, um, like I said, mutual funds, but not mutual funds that are um, based in the U.S. Okay. Like foreign? Yeah, foreign. What? what? So I don't know too much about mutual funds. I get the idea of it, but what backs a mutual fund? Is it does it backed by the like a stock market or a mutual fund is just a collection of um, different companies. Okay. So, I, from my understanding, it's no different than the S and P five hundred uh-huh. or Dow. It's like they an index call, fund. They call those index funds, but I think they only call them index funds because. They're on the TV screen, you know. Maybe I'm wrong. I could be wrong about that. Um, but a mutual fund is just a collection of companies, and it's chosen by this this company that I've been entrusting my money with. Uh-huh. It's actually Peter Schiff's company. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, Euro Pacific Capital is the name of it. 
and they have five five funds that I've been investing in. It's a bond fund. It's a gold stock fund where um, you're investing in the mining the mining uh, companies. So okay. companies that are mining gold, mining copper, mining silver, <coughs> precious metals, things like that. Um, you got an international value fund and um, a dividend payers fund. So the bond fund doesn't pay any dividends, but oh, and I have an emerging markets fund too. So a lot of that is like in Asia. Okay, you say um, emerging or merging? Emerging. Okay. Emerging markets. So they call you know how they call like third world countries, first world countries. Uh-huh. Um, obviously, America is considered a first first world. So it's um, I think it's a term that's. That's not emerging markets, but I can't think of the name of it. So emerging markets are more like countries, companies in countries that are not considered first world, but they are emerging. For okay, okay. A better term. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, so, and they pay dividends. So they, they pay me. That's the big difference between the mutual funds that I'm invested in versus... Um, like a lot of American companies, uh-huh. which I realized after a long time, I bought I bought a Starbucks stock in like 2013, like when I first moved out. Okay. And I didn't wind up selling it until 2020, 2021, when the pandemic hit. Before or after COVID? Like COVID had already hit. Was it when the market was coming up again or right at the bottom? I was waiting for it. I wanted it to go up. Um, oh, you sold at the bottom? No, no, no. I didn't sell No. Oh. I I bought it for like back in twenty thirteen like yeah. thirty dollars a share, uh-huh. and I was trying to triple my money. I was trying to wait till it got to ninety dollars a share. Yep, and it was taking too damn long. And I was like, I feel like it's just gonna go right back down because uh-huh. I'm anticipating a crash. You know, so I sold it for less than three x, but definitely more than two x. It was somewhere between that. At least you sold some people. At least you took profit. Some people get greedy and then sell it for right. nothing. Yeah, I, I sold that. Um, I had bought some Amazon. Um, I doubled my money on that. I bought one or two shares when it was at like $1,700 a share. Now it's split. I think Amazon is yeah. split. Uh-huh. Um, but I bought it at like 1700 and wound up doubling my money in like a, sh- a short period of time for, for doubling your money. Yeah. It, you- was, it was probably a year... I don't think it was even two years. Yeah, because yeah, after that split, it went higher. But too. so the split, I sold before the split. Oh, you sold before the split. I think right when the split happened, it went higher because more people, I guess to normal people, they're like, oh, Amazon's cheaper. So they feel more comfortable buying. In reality, mm-hmm. the it's the same value. It's just more shares out there. Right, right. Uh-huh. So I don't, so I, I was saying all I had to say, like I, I, I realized that you don't make money until you sell the company. Uh-huh. But if you believe in a company, why are you selling the company? True. See what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if the company's not paying you, why are you buying it in the first place? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's, I was like, that makes a whole lot of sense to me. I, I, if I believe in a company or if I believe in the strategy that's that's there, they need to pay me while they have my money. I don't need to, I don't need to buy it. I don't need to sell it. I shouldn't have to sell it yeah. to make money. If you start up an electrical contractor, you don't want to start it up to sell it. Well, granted, some, that's a lot of the business world today is yeah. starting a company up so you can sell it. Um, Jay-Z does that shit a lot. Um, but 
even even if that is the goal, you plan on making money while you have it. Yeah. With the stock market today, you're buying companies, you buy them long to sell them after, you know, 20 years. But if, if it's a good company and you can make money with them all these years, why sell? Yeah. That's why I like dividend stocks. Like, that's, that's, that's what it don't, is. Like the main dividend stocks is Coke, Pepsi, AT&T. Um, See, that's, that's Warren Buffett. Yeah. And it's like, because look, because most companies like Apple, Amazon, Google, they get, they get, they put that money Fang back stocks. into the company. Yeah. Bang stocks. Yeah. So they put it back into the company and, but investors should know that they're not dividend stocks. They're going to put their money back into the company, reinvest. I think they call them growth stocks. They yeah. Call them, they call them growth stocks. And then the other stocks, like you just said, Coca-Cola, dividend paying stocks. That's that's what I'm for. Yeah, that's what I'm for. I always said if I were to win the lottery, I would just put it in dividend stocks, Coke, Pepsi, AT and T, live off of that. They, I think they they're right about like five percent, and it's quarterly dividends. Quarterly, yeah. So so I'm learning that. I'm learning that. So I started buying these mutual funds, like 2020, uh-huh. when when the COVID, when COVID hit, um, and I'm learning that it's quarterly dividends. They yeah. pay quarterly, so. I want to get to the point where I'm making a, a a good amount of money quarterly, quarterly yeah. off of them. But you know, you know, I, I still got more time. You know what they I heard? I, I, I hope I do. Yeah, hopefully, you know, you never know nowadays. You don't know anything could happen. But you know, one thing I've seen is like, in order to make like forty five thousand dollars a year in dividends alone, you would need to invest like around a million dollars. Forty five thousand dollars a year is that's good. Passive income, but yeah. a million dollars is a lot of money yeah. to have invested. You know, I, you know, when people say they want to invest money into the stock market, I always ask them this because it's like, they say like, oh, I have a thousand dollars. I'm investing in the stock market, and I ask them all, like, look, how much do you think that thousand dollars, thousand dollars is gonna be worth five, ten years from now? Let's just say ten years from now. How, like, if you were to put thousand dollars in the stock market, actually, you know a little bit, right? But like somebody else would be like, oh, it will probably be like fifteen thousand by then. I was like, that's so unrealistic. That's a fifteen hundred percent return. Yeah. If if that was realistic, everybody would do that. Yeah. At the most, in ten years, that thousand dollars maybe thirty five hundred. Maybe. Maybe, and that's still a lot. That's three hundred fifty percent. Yeah. That's still like kind of unrealistic. Yeah. And it, that's if it's a, a actual stock. But if it's like the index fund, like spy, it'll probably be like at twenty five hundred, maybe. And. and- that's 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 the thing, but so the reason why I'm investing the way I'm investing is because with me anticipating that America is going to eventually that great reset that I was talking about, yeah, when that eventually happens, that actually brings the value of the things that I'm invested in way higher, yeah, because you know about currencies, currencies are like they're weighted against each other. Uh-huh. So with America dollar with the dollar being so high, a lot of those other currencies are are lower. Yeah. But once the dollar goes down, these are gonna be higher. Yep. So they're gonna they're gonna be worth more. They it give out more dividends. It's gonna force people to realize that the dollar is not worth anything and then they're gonna start wanting to go back to gold. Have you seen Oh, I don't mean to cut you off, but you BRICS, like all the 30 yeah. countries getting together and doing that? Yeah, they're trying to they're trying to um, get a gold-backed currency. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, so that's the thing. So yeah. that's why I'm investing the way I'm investing. You know, I'm getting a small dividend right now, 
but I, I just bought some more. Um, what's today? I just bought some more on Tuesday. Okay. Do you plan on reinvesting your dividends or kind of? Uh, that's what I've been doing. Okay, just letting it compound. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, oh, just, yeah. I'm just reinvesting. I'm not taking like taking it. I'm not making enough to be like, oh yeah, I made this dividend. Yeah. I'm a I'm a pocket this. Uh -huh. no, I just put it back in. Yep. Yeah. You know, I me personally, I don't think I would ever like. I would I would invest if I had. Like a hundred thousand dollars sitting where I could let that sit, I would invest then. Cause I feel like anything less than that, the growth would be too slow. When I could use that hundred thousand to make something, make money like quicker. Like I could make, let's just say, I put a hundred thousand dollars. I'm looking to get ten percent. It might take me two years, right? Maybe two years, something like that, right? In reality, with a hundred thousand dollars, you can go get that ten percent way quicker. Let's just say I. I don't know, starting a company or even just a little like side job or do electrical work. I'll go spend 10 grand on tools and wire and everything and I'll go make that money back in the summer. I don't know. It's true. But so I think I might have told you yesterday. I'm listening to this book, Richest Man in Babylon. I think you did tell me. So, yes. But the trick is if you listen to that book, if you listen to. Um, rich dad, poor dad, the trick is to always have your money working for you. If you always got to be there to make the money, you always be poor. So, yeah. like, and rich, richest man in Babylon, wealth, true wealth doesn't come fast anyway. Uh -huh. Like, that, it don't... It can come relatively fast compared to someone else, depending on the circumstances, whatever, whatever. But you have to learn how to, and this is what I realized, you got to learn how to live where you are to be able to appreciate what's to come and the, 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 the gain that you'll have in the future. Okay. But if you get it fast, you may not appreciate it, and then you may blow it on... A venture, like you were just talking about, where you may not have the expertise. So that's yeah. what Richest Man in Babylon talks about. It talks about saving money. That's the first thing. You got to save money. Then you got to invest money into something that's going to allow it to work for you. The money's going to work for you. You got to take advice from people who are worth taking advice from. Yeah. Right? Um, and... Don't, don't get caught up in um, these grand schemes yeah. of like these get rich quick schemes. Right? Yep, pyramid schemes I, and stuff. Yeah, I um I invested in um, the Tulsa real estate fund. This guy named Jay Morrison. He actually was on the Breakfast Club. Oh really? Yeah, he got on the Breakfast Club, and come to find out, he was like a complete fraud. Yeah, he made his way all the way up to the Breakfast Club, and they. They were upset because they didn't realize that he was. Okay. And just that little bit of time, he was able to build up enough following that he started up this whole other, um, this whole other um, SEC allocation where uh -huh. it's not it's not just a REIT, a real estate trust. Yeah. He made like this whole whole other thing where it is governed by different rules so he was able to i guess get some loophole done where he can take your money but you can't get your money out huh 
and I put like I ain't put that much in there. I think I put a G in there. Uh-huh. It wasn't much. This was some years ago, but that's going to the whole concept of you know knowing who to trust uh, with your money. Like yeah. the richest man in Babylon is this the, the 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 book is actually a good book. I'm I'm I actually like this book. Have, I actually have you finished like, it? I'm almost. I'm. I'm about four fifths of the way done. Okay, you get it like uh, Barnes and Noble. I can just listen to it on YouTube. Okay, okay. Um, but I actually think I like it more than Rich Dad Poor Dad. Rich Dad Poor Dad is a way. I feel like a way more well known book. Yeah, it's very generic, like uh, mainstream, I guess. Yeah, but I like the way Rich Man and Bi- Babylon is written. It's it's kind of written in a sense like the Bible. Uh huh. Like it's kind of got that old English like thou. Okay. V. But it's not written in a way that you can't understand what's being said. Uh-huh. It's like it's very easy to follow. Yeah. Um, maybe maybe I'm saying that because I've kind of grown up in the church and I learned a little bit of that that language, but I was you know nothing crazy. But yeah, it's it's told in a story form, and sort of like a in like a like a Disney tale. Okay. Because these stories aren't true. Rich Dad Poor Dad is more of a biographical kind of thing. Yeah. Um, where this one is not. So like Rich Dad Poor Dad, I guess in my opinion, you know, it 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 holds true what he's saying in the book, but it's through his eyes, even though Rich's Man in Babylon is also through the author's eyes as well. But yeah. it can be perceived that it's a it's it's more virtue in the fable than I don't know. Is it kind of like a third person type of thing? Uh, Richard, um, uh, Richard Man of ba- Babylon. Um, no, it's 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 that all fab that it's all fables. Okay, but it sounds like it sounds like something that really could have happened during that time because these are old times. It okay, was like um, I guess you could say like I wouldn't say I don't think it's medieval. I don't think it's that old. Well, no, because medieval was the 1400s, right? I think so. Something yeah, so like I that. guess it's before that. It's before medieval because yeah. it's like it sounds like biblical times. Okay, okay. Um, that's what it, that's what it kind of. How would you find out about that book? Man, I just I don't know. I st- I listened to Rich Dad Poor Dad. Huh. Then I listened to um, the Magic of Thinking Big, and then um. Like you know how YouTube is, it just starts suggesting things. Yeah, and I heard Rich Richest Man in Babylon, you know, mentioned before, just you know, in my travels, and then I decided to just listen. Yeah. So yeah, I've heard multiple people talk about it, but I just decided to listen. It's actually, I don't know, I just I just like it. Yeah. And I yeah. just I just looked it up today. The book is almost a hundred years old. Oh really? Yeah, Richest Man in Babylon was written in I think in nineteen or published in nineteen twenty six or something. Oh. Yeah, yeah. You think you think maybe it's too old for it to keep up with today's world, or no. it's just the the crazy thing is the shit sounds just like it don't sound no. That's why I actually thought it was written like in the eighties. Oh shit! As I was listening to it, yeah. And like I said, I just checked it today. I've been meaning to check to see when it was written. It was written in nineteen twenty six or something like that. Yeah. So and he was saying, um, like man, nothing's new under the sun. People go into debt. These stories are, are talking about guys that went into debt, but they didn't go into debt with dollars. They went to debt with silver and pen, um, copper and, and uh-huh. gold. Um, I don't even think it, 
I don't think he mentioned gold, but silver and um copper. So you're saying they went into debt buying silver and copper gold? No, or that was the, that was their currency. I, I that w- was their money. Okay. So you know he, uh, the character in the book, he borrowed some money. He yeah. borrowed some silver, borrowed some 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 copper, and didn't pay it back. So he owed. Okay. Yeah, that's and the concept don't change. People yeah. still do the same shit today. They they borrow money, don't pay back, and. Uh-huh. They find themselves in financial ruin. Except nowadays, the interest eats you up a lot more than back then, I'm guessing, right? Well, they had interest back then. Um, yeah. But the thing that makes our situation a little bit more fucked up is because with interest rates and then on top of interest rates is inflation. Yeah. So it's it's, it's different because... So going back to the difference between um, currency and... and money or gold this is getting inflated way more now gold they they mine gold and find more gold but the rate that they find more gold is like it's not nowhere near as much as the money that's being created with the currency yeah so with the gold they add a little bit more supply of gold but as time goes on the economy gets better Uh things become more efficient and it actually helps with um, making, how could I say this? Um, it just makes the, the the economy, I guess, function better in a sense where you're not trying to split up, you know, this much, you know, to that much amount of gold. Uh, one, one thing, I'm pretty sure, right, when the economy is doing good, gold is pretty slow. It's pretty stable, right? But... Yeah. But like, uh, what was it like this past year when the, when the stock market was dropping? I seen gold was doing pretty good. Also, uh, what's it called? Uh, treasury funds is uh, treasury funds. Yeah. Yeah, where you pay like uh, there's like the 30, ten year, 10 thirty year, year, thirty year, five year. The yields were pretty high on those too, because I guess people were they didn't want to be relatively high compared to what they've been, but they're still not where they should be. Yeah, I th- I don't remember what they were at. Five percent. Yeah, five percent, right? Which ain't much. You you earning five percent over thirty years? Yeah, that's still not a lot. Not a lot. Anything about nowadays? I guess, like you were saying earlier, like you were investing to try to make money. Nowadays, even if you can like have your money hold the same value against inflation, that's even good. So that I so with that being said, I did buy some gold and silver to for that very purpose. Physical or in the fund? Physical. Okay. Physical. Um, so that when money. You know, goes to shit. I actually have something that, as the amount of money increases, uh-huh. the value of the metals are on par with the amount of money that's. Yeah. So yeah, I've I've bought gold and silver as well. Um, but yeah, that's it's all in an effort to try to like, cause they just like I said, they went to thirty three trillion a few days ago, but it just hit thirty two trillion. Three months ago, Damn. so they've added a trillion dollars worth of debt uh-huh. in three months, yeah. and each one of us are responsible, I think, for like two hundred fifty thousand American citizens. Damn, two hundred fifty thousand each of that thirty-three trillion. You know, one thing I heard, um, what was I about to say? It was a, I think Americans now are, I think. Seven hundred dollars away from emergency payment to be like completely broke, something like that. Yeah, they said that uh, mo- most Americans can't afford a five hundred dollar yeah um, 
Uh huh. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. It's true. It's true. It's 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 so sad. Like, it's so sad. It's so sad. It really it really is so sad. And then like the thirty three thirty three trillion dollars, that's just they call it funded liabilities. Uh huh. But there's still a whole bunch more trillions of unfunded liabilities, which is Social Security. Okay. Um, um, Medicare, I think Medicaid, I think those are all unfunded li- liabilities. Um, I don't mean to cut you off, but do you hear the airplanes and stuff? The headphones? Oh, is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, that's crazy, right? Yeah, it sounds crazy. Cause you, I can hear the airplane so clearly. Is that the air? Is that an airplane? Oh, okay. I can hear it in the headphones. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Maybe it's the frequency. Yeah. Frequency. Uh-huh. Like you're saying? Um, yeah, no. Um, yeah, I don't know. I forgot what I was saying. <laughs> <laughs> I don't well, know. Well, what are your thoughts on Bitcoin? Because it's kind of... I, I don't really personally like it. Never really pay too much mind to it. I think Bitcoin is a great attempt to try to get out from the very thing that I just was talking about with the Replicate gold? Um but it can't replicate gold because it has no intrinsic value. Yeah. It has no use. Now, with that being said, the technology of Bitcoin, the um, blockchain, yeah, that is what's valuable. Uh huh. That's what's valuable. But people, you know, Bitcoin went from one cent to it's at twenty seven thousand right now. If you made a lot of money off of that, it's it'll be hard for someone to tell you that you. You're wrong. Yeah. You know, if you made that much money, if you if you put a million dollars at one cent per Bitcoin and oh. you sold now, yeah, you're you're set for tr- generations. Uh-huh. You know, so it's hard for someone to tell you that Bitcoin ain't worth shit. But I mean, in its true essence, it's not. Oh uh, yeah. You know, but that that technology is great because. Going back to what we were talking about with gold, and I, you know, I know I, I'm getting a lot of what I'm saying right from Peter Schiff, but because um, I listen to him so much, but that what that gold, um, gold you couldn't really, I'm not gonna say you couldn't, but say you wanted to, well, that's why they did, they had gold coins, they had silver coins, yeah. and copper coins, so that you can kind of devise up the different values because a, a gold may be worth. You know, ten dollars, uh-huh. but you don't want to give someone ten dollars. Yeah, you may only want to give them a dollar. So that's, but if you have that blockchain to where you have that person, it's called a uh, peer to peer. I think is what it's called peer to peer technology. Um, I give you my a piece of my gold through blockchain. Yeah, and you know it takes. I got a gold bar. You know and store it somewhere and it takes you know a nth about amount to pay you for what i'm paying you for and uh-huh. you take it and there's a receipt on the blockchain yeah that i gave you this amount of gold but the thing about blockchain is government, right? yes the government can't can't get in there yeah. and that's that's the problem so it's all types of you know um feet being dug in, heels being dug in so that, you know, shit don't come to pass. And, like, I was talking to a lady um, with uh, the, the same lady I was talking about that I work with. Yeah. We was talking about school choice. School choice. 
So that is like you pay taxes right now. Uh-huh. You just turned 18, right? Yeah. Um, I pay taxes. My man here pays taxes. But you don't have any kids, do you? No, no dependents. I don't have any kids. You got any kids? No. <laughs> um, but part of our tax dollars is going to schools. Uh-huh. Right. So we're not really benefiting from it. And I've learned a little bit about taxes. I don't know that well. Um, but I know that a tax is supposed to benefit all. And I guess that's the argument is that if you don't, if you don't have kids or say you do have kids, but you send your, your kids to private school. Yeah. You're not benefiting from the money that you're putting in. Uh-huh. So the, the thought process is if. If I'm paying taxes, I take those tax dollars and I wind up using it for what type of school I want to send my kids to. Okay, that makes sense. So say, you know, it equates to $800 a month. I take that $800 and put it towards keeping it in public school if I want my kids to go to public school. Yeah. Put it in private school of my choice or I put it towards like a homeschool. So that's what it's called, school choice. Arizona, I'm um, I'm almost certain, hundred percent certain that they've already passed school choice in Arizona. Okay, that's a so so that kind of is the same vein, I guess, as the money where you know you're starting to decentralize education. Yeah, because education, you know, people gripe about education all the time and how it's not it's hard to compare it to anything because it's got such a big monopoly. Yeah, uh huh. You know what I'm saying? Um, but if you introduce that, that's going to start breaking down those walls where people will start being like, man, this may not be all it's cracked up to be. I may want to do, like, homeschool. I remember I looked at a podcast. It was actually a Pat. Patrick Bet David? Yeah, Patrick Bet David uh-huh. podcast with a lady who was a advocate for, I believe it was PBD, um, who was an advocate for uh, um, um, private school, not private school, but homeschool. Yeah. And, you know, the biggest detractor that people come up with is um, the social, the lack of social. Like interactions? So, social interactions yeah. with, with homeschool versus uh-huh. public school. And she was arguing, she was like, the thing that people don't realize is a lot of homeschoolers, they don't have to sit in class for eight fucking hours because the whole reason why school is eight hours in the first place is to line up with the work, the work day. Of oh, the parents, right? Right. That makes sense. I, I work in education now. A lot of what we do, I remember when I first started, when I first started, I was like, yo, it, it, it took me, it took me some getting used to because I was like, you know, teaching, teaching adults is way different. Yeah. We go in there for three hours uh-huh. and that's it. I, I don't have to deal with no, no behavior problems. You, you guys want to be there somewhat, but even <laughs> if you don't want to be there, it's not like a behavior issue. Yeah. Right. With the kids, they're kind of forced to be there. It's a lot of, it's, it's so much like making things look good. But going back to what I was saying, it was it was like, oh shit. Like a big part of what I'm doing. I'm not, I always wanted to be a teacher. Yeah, okay. And funny enough, I didn't, I didn't, you know, as my adult life started, I didn't think I kind of would become a teacher. Okay. Just how things happen. I always, I always wanted to be a DJ. Never thought I wanted to be yeah. would become a DJ. Um, but when I got when I started, um, you know, teaching the kids, I was like, yo, a 
lot of what I'm doing is is babysitting. Basically, yeah. You know, like I'm not here just teaching because <coughs> for one, these are kids. Some of them really don't want to be here. Yeah. You know, then it's not a pay to play. You know what I mean? That's that's the thing about, you know, I guess free markets and things. You you're paying for what you want. Uh-huh. And now the service you may not get what you want depending on how honorable the, the person that's giving you their service, you know, selling their service to you or their product to you. Yeah. But it's a voluntary kind of situation. With school, it's different, you know. Um, so if they introduce that school choice into into it, it now levels the playing field to where um, people get to choose what they want to do. And but going back to the the, the homeschool situation, she, you know, she was saying they don't they don't spend no eight hours, you know, in class. You may you may spend three, four, five hours, even if it's six hours. Yeah. But you got other time that you could take your kid. Or the kid that you're teaching, you know, other places, yeah. and they can have social interactions that way. But you know, I I get that side because I that's one reason why I I would want to send my pri- my kid to private school or even maybe even homeschool. But that's very like un- I wouldn't do that. Maybe private school, just because I don't think I don't see the world getting any better. But at the same time, school is also like real life. So you they get like real life, real world experiences there. How to deal with people. Very true. Uh, Very true. Because you know, you it's like you you get put in the group of what a thousand people in a class. That's like being out in public with a thousand people in a mall. You you'd be like, okay, this dude's acting a little weird, or uh, I don't. You, and at the same time, you kind of get comfortable talking to people. It's true. It's it's you know it's a give and take, but the other side of it is, and she was she was putting this you know um, the stats forward uh-huh. that. Homeschool kids typically are way more advanced. <coughs> I don't academically, doubt that. yeah, than you know public school kids because they're getting that one on one. Yeah, and also with homeschool, and this is what I want to do. You know, eventually with my future kids, I would love to homeschool them because you're 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 instilling your values into them. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Not the teachers. Yeah, you know, if if I if I have a kid, I want to be able to instill my values into them. Not what, you know, the teachers are talking about. Yep. You know, who the fuck knows what the teachers are talking about, yep. you know? Um, so, like, that's that's where I'm with, at with it, you know? And they wouldn't have to be subject to some of the crazy shit that they see in school. Yeah, you know? especially nowadays. Yeah, yeah. It's some, it's some shit. I remember when I first started uh, last year, it was a... It was a Eye opener. I haven't been inside a school since my twelfth grade year. You know, I, I haven't had a reason to be inside of a school. Yeah. And the the standards that have changed, just hats. Like we couldn't wear hats when I was in high school. Yeah. Hats, hoods, girls with some of the shit that they wear. I was like, Oh yeah. How the fu- like? How did you get out of the house like that? Now, granted. There may be some some of them that are changing after they leave, but I know that's not the case with all of them. Yeah, you know, some of them are walking out of the house with with some of the shit that they got on. Yeah, I remember last year this one girl she had a tank top on. It was like a midriff tank top, right? Yeah, and she had big chest. This is yeah. this is a young girl, so keep it PG with the young girls, but you know and 
all cleavage. I'm like, how did you get out the house like that? And now, granted, she didn't come to, so I teach at the ASIN, I teach at the old Highland Springs High School. Okay, okay, okay. Where we at? Yeah. Uh-huh. There's a new Highland Springs High School right beside it. Uh-huh. She was walking through the old Highland Springs um, campus to get to the new Highland Springs. So yeah. I don't know what came of her wearing that to school, but the fact that she felt it was okay and it was pretty well, deep in the school year, yeah, but she probably got away with it. Yeah, and you know, it was like, I mean, but to girls and kids nowadays, what they see on social media is like, for a girl will be like, this is what draws male attention, and that's what they see on TikTok and social media, Netflix shows nowadays. I mean, that's normal to them, or that's what they want to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, you can choose a lot more compared to when I was a kid. the, The possibilities are endless of what you can start looking at with social media and all the different apps and YouTube. When I was a kid, YouTube had just became a thing in like 06, 07. I remember looking back on it, it's crazy because I was in that wave of kids that was looking at YouTube when it was like first budding. Like I remember, I remember Soldier Boy when he, like Soldier Boy really was, like when he went on the Breakfast Club a few years ago, like he really was like big on YouTube. Yeah, Like he really was, he wasn't like lying, it was, it was funny, he, you know, it was funny because the way he was saying it, but it was true. Yeah. Like, I remember, I, I knew the songs, the, the soldiers cranked that. That song was big, like, two years before. We knew that song, like, two years before it became big in America. Oh, shit, really? Yeah, I mean, it, it got big, I think, in, like, oh, well, I guess if YouTube started in, like, 2006. I think he, I think his shit came out in 2006, and then... The, it got big. The song got big in like 08, you know, yeah. 07, something like that. It was way later than when we first, I was like, yo, this shit's old. Uh-huh. But but anyway, um, when I was a kid, like, we had to watch what was on TV. And you were limited to what you can't Limited. Learn. You know, you had movies out there. But the, the, the type, the amount of content that's out there is so far and wide that... A kid can really get deep into anything. Anything. Now, granted, I'm pretty sure there was books when I was a kid that uh-huh. could have gone crazy, but who the fuck was reading books? Yeah. Nobody was reading books, uh-huh. right? But today, kids could, they, today, they, they, I think they're more knowledgeable about a lot of shit than I was when I was their age. Yeah. Now, some certain things they're not knowledgeable just because they're still young. Like life. Life experience yeah. shit. They, they, they're, but like certain things, they 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 know the stuff because they have access to the information yeah. in the information age. You know, and I feel like nowadays it's like really up to you how you want to, because it's kind of like a little power you hold, right? It's up to you what you want to do with it. Because if you want to be, uh, like, learn, use it to learn something you uh, that you can use in the real world. That I mean that would be good. But you can also do social media to watch stupid videos all day and. You know what I mean? It really depends on how you want to use it. Right, yeah. Just just with anything. Yeah. That's, that's with anything. You you could choose to use something for good or for bad. It's like a weapon. Uh-huh. You could use it to defend yourself or you could use it to cause destruction. Yeah. You know, you know I, I come back to something you said earlier when you said, um, like, the homeschooling. You said how, like, the homeschool kids tend to be more academically advanced. I 100% get that. But don't you think, this is something I realize uh, is, like, 
because I know a lot of smart people. Let, let's just say, like, in the one example I'll give you. When I when I went to Tech Center, Chesterfield Tech Center, there was I didn't know anything about the electrical because I wouldn't pay attention to class, right? But all the other kids that were like knew the whole book and like they did really good and stuff like that, academically wise, book wise, when it was interview day, those people are like kind of awkward to talk to. They weren't. It's like in, I feel like in real in the world you need to have real life experience in order to get farther. Yeah, I mean, that's, I talk my way through a job. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's, that's you know that's those are skills. Whether it be academic, whether it be interpersonal, whether it be work ethic, whatever the case may be, more than likely you're not gonna have someone you know that that young that's gonna have all of them. Yeah. So granted, with that stat, you know, there's other things that could be accounted for that you know may have not been accounted for in the in the um the study or the stats or whatever but when you look at it strictly academically th- there's issues now going back to going back to that the homeschool thing it doesn't have to be um so actually one of the guys that teach with, yeah. with me um we we had a conversation about this a couple weeks ago where, um, like, at his church, there's a lot of people who, I guess, homeschool their kids. Uh-huh. And they kind of get together. All the parents or kids? Yeah, parents okay. and kids get together. So now you have that social time. Yeah. Um, And then, like, you can have a situation where, like, going back to what I was saying, where I listened to a bunch of podcasts, I listened to the Tom Woods podcast, cast, and he has some, like, it's called the Ron Paul curriculum. Uh-huh. You know who Ron Paul is? I don't. He ran for president in 08 um, okay. against Obama, but as a libertarian. Oh, as a libertarian, okay. Right, so not going to get that many votes. But. That's probably why he wasn't. Uh, that's why I, I, Mitt Romney would, was running against him in 08, right? Mitt Romney, I can't remember if it was Mitt Romney or uh, what's the guy that died in Arizona? Uh... Um, I can't think of Is it name. Nancy Pelosi's husband? No, right? No, 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 no. McCain. John McCain? Okay, uh, maybe. I've heard of him. Yeah, I think it's John McCain. I know it's McCain. I, I can't remember. If, I think it is John, though. John McCain. I think John McCain ran against him in the first in 08, and, and I think Mitt Romney ran against him in 2012. Okay, yeah. Um, But... Uh, Oh, Ron Paul, Ron Paul. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, so Tom Tom Woods, he has, you know, the podcast where um, he he actually, I guess, if you listen to a pod, listen to his podcast on the regular, if you do something, uh, subscribe to him or something like that, um, you have this Ron Paul curriculum. So to where, as a parent, you wouldn't have to sit there and teach them they're able, if you trust in the curriculum that's being taught, yeah. then you let the curriculum do the work and they can still be homeschooled, just maybe not by you. And you could still have your input, like you could still come in and pop your head in or, you know, whatever, whatever, and, and give your take on and help help your child with what they're learning. Uh-huh. Or if you want people, I guess at that point it would become a private school, but people could like, you know, um, group together and learn a curriculum, you know, yeah. a homeschool mm-hmm. curriculum that everyone agrees with. But, um, yeah, like you can, that you don't, you wouldn't have to, there's programs out there where you don't have to sit there in front of your child and teach. Yeah. 
you just it's just an alternative to, to the public school or maybe the private schools in the area or you don't want to pay the price of a private school in the area uh-huh. and you can have them you know learn that curriculum let me let me ask you something what, what if you if you have a son or a daughter what are, what are your main plans to like if you're at where you want to be at by the time you have kids what, what are you thinking like school wise are you sending public school probably not public school um so as I've gotten older, I've gotten more into history. Okay. So Tom Woods is actually a historian. Tom Woods. Tom Woods. He's actually uh-huh. a historian. So I listen to you know some of his stuff um, to just help educate me about history. And from my understanding, the way uh, history books are written in public schools, <laughs> they're doing a disservice to understanding the history. Now, granted, you're trying to teach kids history. I know I didn't give a fuck about history when I was. Oh yeah, there. you know mm-hmm. I it just it just was not something that interested me. Um, now that I get you know got older, you know it, that's changed. But um, you to answer your question, like what would I want to do? I would want to do probably not public school. Definitely yeah. not public school. I would want to do homeschool. Homeschool. I I think I would want to do homeschool because I would want like I said I. I always like to teach. Yeah. You know, and okay. teaching my kids would be a great thing to do. Now, the problem with homeschooling, obviously, is having the time to do it. Yeah. You know, but you asked me where, if I was where I want to be, and I'm making a lot of passive income, whatever, whatever, that would be what I would want to do. I would yeah. want to sit there with my child and spend that time with them because if I'm not raising them, who's raising them? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm sending him to school for eight hours a day. I'm gone eight hours a day. You know, um, I only see him in the evening for him or her in the evening for a couple of hours. I want a little bit more time with my child to help raise them the way I know to be best, uh-huh. you know, versus my, the student, I mean, versus the teacher or wherever they're going. And the, the surprising thing that I learned, um, since I've been teaching full time is I've met a couple people who taught in the private school world uh-huh. and they say they actually like public schools more. And that was surprising to hear. But I think I put two and two together. They say that public schools pay more and private schools um, sometimes don't have their shit together. Okay. But... I think that's because there's such a big monopoly on schools. You have to keep costs to a bare minimum to where you can't really keep key players. Uh Because part of owning a business or running a business is being able to keep good people. But if you can't offer competitive wages, it's going to be a revolving door. Uh And it it makes your system, you know, fucked up. So I think that, I think that's part of it. So going back to that school choice, I think if the school choice gets implemented or, or starts becoming a bigger thing, it's going to open the market for those private yeah. schools to um, start competing a little bit more. Uh-huh. And and being able, because if, if more people are going private in homeschool, that means there's less tax dollars going to public schools Less salaries, salaries gets reduced. Yeah. There, money goes to where people want it to go. 
So salary starts moving up. Do you think they would maybe find, not a loophole exactly, but let's just say if people wanted to, let's just say the upper class people wanted to mess with the lower class people because you know how to pay taxes and taxes does end up in public schools. If they had the school choice and they wanted to send their kids to only private schools, public schools would have less money funded and they would just totally like crash public school. Yeah. That would be a possibility, though, right? That's what I would think. Yeah, yeah. That's, that 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 would help the the market to determine who's best. Yeah, because right now with with it being free, it's easy to send your kids there. That's not an expense that you have to really worry about. Yeah, but with school choice, now granted, it'll take time because people still don't have money. Even if they are getting less, I, I I don't know why eight hundred dollars keeps on coming up in my mind, but I feel like that's a reasonable amount of num- yeah. amount of money. Um, let's say eight hundred dollars doesn't cover the cost of the private school. They may choose to keep them in public school just because they don't have the extra funds to get it to where it's able to pay for the full tuition of the private school. Yeah, but some people may elect to do homeschool. You know. Um, so I think eventually it would, it would go to that point because eventually I would, I would bet on the, the test scores of the private school and the home school are going to be better yeah. than the public school. Oh yeah. Cause private school and home school, you're kind of more locked in on the academic side. Public school is like, um, it's like a social gathering almost. And it also depends because certain certain schools are better than others. Like yeah. with me being in Henrico, um, I've learned that it's crazy. But the East End of Henrico, the schools are way low uh-huh. compared to the West End. Even I just saw Douglas Freeman, I think Deep Run and Godwin, or yeah. maybe or Douglas, uh, yeah, Douglas Freeman. I think Godwin and maybe Deep Run, and maybe one other school. They were like, I think in the top one hundred of the nation. Really, if I if I if I remember correct, is, is the other one Tucker? No, I don't think Tucker. Is okay, um, I don't think Tucker. It may it may have been, but I don't think it was Tucker. Uh huh. Um, so yeah, it's you know it's, um, socioeconomic backgrounds kind of playing a part in that, but it's also about family values and yeah. you know what people. You know what they what they determine to be important. Yeah. Um, but I think that would, like I said, I think that would help with that market, with with with, with leveling the playing field. With with, so like I was saying, with me teaching, I've learned that a lot of it is dog and pony show, because they have to prove that the tax dollars are doing something worthwhile. Yeah. So. You know, people have their, you know, their opinions about SOL testing. Luckily, I don't have to do anything with that because I'm a trades teacher. I, yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't treat, I don't, I don't teach the, um, the core classes, but, you know, and then IEPs and it, 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 you know, it just gets, it gets to be a lot, but it, it's all because this is multiple people's money that are tied into this. So they, in a sense, have a say of what goes on. Yeah. But you're trying to carry yourself as the as the government, as the, you know, 
the end all be all in a sense and you that's the rub so they have to try to make things look good like even this shit blew my mind when i when i started last year 64 or 63 is still a f yeah right but if a kid gets below a 55 say they don't try in a class say they get a 22 f for the for the year yeah they have this policy where they take that 22 and turn it to a 55 automatically essentially yeah it's like a policy it's almost like that no child left behind bullshit uh-huh but and i was telling the lady that i was telling, uh, talking about talking to you about that i was talking to that i work with you know that's not that's not teaching the kids true consequences of your actions yeah you know that's not teaching them anything that's passing them along because your numbers don't look right but yeah but maybe they're kids right don't you think maybe they they don't want to put all that because if you really think about it the consequence won't really end up too much on the kid it would also impact the parents a lot more it's true because but if the policy is the policy you know the parents are just going to go with it i think that's more where college kicks in where like you're an adult your academics is like you you don't try you out but i feel like with schools like kind of like juvie they'll be lenient on them i guess yeah and i get you know i understand you know kids are kids i was a kid once you know you 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 still learning you think you know you become a teenager and you start understanding things more but you don't have you know you don't have the understanding of an adult yeah yet uh-huh. not yet so i understand like you know being lenient but you still at that point you still have to you still have to allow them to learn yeah from their mistakes you can't because you set the precedent you set the precedent it's just like um what what is it i think in the bible it says something like raise your kids um as you, shit i'm i'm gonna fuck it up but <laughs> um but it's just you know you got to teach them that that responsibility yeah you got to you, you got to teach them that responsibility and not just passing them along but could, let me ask you something right do you think let's just say do you think maybe they will learn consequences of maybe them not trying or failing and stuff like that if they were at private school, at home school so the thing about it is that's the thing uh-huh. if you introduce more competition you're going to be competing for people's money right yeah that's what electricians do right uh-huh. we're, we're competing we're, we're trying to give the best service for the lowest price yeah right that's what that's what business is about give the best service for the lowest price um or for, for the best price i'm not gonna say the lowest price for the best price best service for the best price right when you introduce other players into the into the pool it forces people to have to truly compete with results yeah you know what i mean and that's test scores that's satisfaction that's um that's their how they feel about the 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 school or the class is a lot of factors so the way that things are taught now may not be 
the way that things are taught in public school may not be the way they would be taught in public in a uh, private school yeah. or at home. Definitely at home, right? Is you this the curriculum you can write your own curriculum, right? You can kind of do what you want in a sense. Now I think that I think the government still like has their hand in the policy of what is con- constituted as a recognizable curriculum to to be considered someone who is actually in sixth grade, right? Yeah, like yeah. Say say I decide I'm I'm Joe Schmo dad and you know I got my son here and I say hey look look son I'm gonna teach you something today let's go to the store uh-huh. right and I don't really teach him much right but I I say that's my lesson and I do lessons like that you know for six years and it's he's now in sixth grade and he don't really he don't he's not on par with other sixth graders yeah that makes sense so I th- I think the government they they have some type of like broad but still maybe restrictive policy on what constitute as a recognizable curriculum even if they are being homeschooled. Uh-huh. But I'm saying I'm saying going back to what I was saying like the schools they would compete and those those scores may change because learning and I've learned this. I was a good student in high school only because I remembered content. I didn't learn the shit. Like photographic memory? Yes, photographic, whatever. Yeah. And I listened to Neil Neil deGrasse Tyson. That's someone else I like listening to or watching. Um, Learning, true learning, is the want to learn. Yeah. Because when you want to learn, you will learn. And it doesn't even feel like... Forceful. It don't feel. Forceful. It don't feel like learning either. Right. It don't feel uh-huh. like learning because you're sparking your interest. Yeah. And if you can culture a environment, culture an environment where you're getting students to want to learn, it becomes way easier, and you can excel them very fast. Oh yeah. But when you sit them in a classroom and you beat them to death with content, and you beat them to death because you're trying to get this SOL, you're naturally going to get those kids like fuck this. Do you think? But do you think they're trying to set them up for like normal nine to five office jobs? Set them all in a place yeah, for eight that's hours. A whole another argument. So and have them do work all day, that's even a whole if they don't want to. Argument. Yes, um, they. They have heard this, you know the stories. You know that school was designed to make employees. Yeah. Um. And you know. Finding myself in in these position in this position as a teacher now, you know I've, I wrestle with it. See, I actually to be honest with you, I like teaching adults more. Okay, I like teaching y'all more because y'all are coming, y'all know exactly what y'all want, and I'm there to give it to you. Yeah, kids don't know what they want, and then I'm there not just as a teacher. I'm there as like I just said, a babysitter. I'm there as a role model. Yeah, you know. And that's a lot of responsibility, and you're trying to put on all those hats when really, as a teacher, it's great. Don't get me wrong. Like, being a, being someone that a kid looks up to and they come to you, like, it's a good feeling. Yeah. But it's, it's one of those situations where, like, am I setting them up for failure when I'm telling them, um, like, this is what it's going to take to get hired? You know, like, those thoughts have come to my mind. Now, this year, I will say... Um, the A Center they hired 
an entrepreneurship teacher, uh-huh. which is good yeah. to help you know help the kids start thinking entrepreneurially, if that's even a word, entrepreneurially. Yeah, um, you know, so I you know I like that idea, but yeah, it's like to what you were saying, kids being like, it's the same shit with like um, college. Yeah, I was about I was gonna bring that topic up too. Whew. Man, so. Going back to my story, my personal story, I told you I, I got I got good grades in high school. Yeah. You know, I, I graduated with 3.44. Everyone thought I was going to college, especially like in my family. Like, I got a pretty big family. Is college, does college run in the family typically or in your family or? Fuck no. Would you, would you have been like the first, one of the first? My mom went to college. She went to Stony Brook in New York. Okay. I'm gonna find out. I think she needed like one or two more classes to actually say that she got a degree. Really? Um, and then she went to ECPR down here, but I think she's she might have completed that degree, but money issues. So like with college, if you don't pay the money, sometimes they won't give you the degree. Huh. Um. So I, I I might have that detail a little bit off, but um yeah. My family, no. My aunt, she went to college. She actually just finished college. She's in her fifties, but college, no, hell no. College is not a big thing in my in my in my family. Yeah. Um, but like people my age, like huh. my cousins and stuff, everyone kind of looked at me like I was gonna be the one to go to college. All of them, it was not a big expectation for them to go to college, right? Um, but. The one thing I knew, going back to money, I knew I didn't like that. I didn't like owing nobody. Yep. And my mother, you know, she she stayed on me as a kid to do my do my work and get good grades. And I'm not gonna lie, I felt like I felt like disappointed or like abandoned. Not abandoned, but very disappointed that my mom, like she pushed me all them years to, to do all this work. And then she said, I'm not putting my name on none of them loans. I'm like, well, shit. Like, it was like. Like a dead end almost? It was, yeah. It was like, I think it was like May, the very end of my senior year. And I was like, well, fuck. Yeah. I had, I had applied for Norfolk State University. I actually got accepted. I always claim that whenever I'm around people who like yeah. are educated <laughs> and shit. I was like, well, I got accepted. You know? Yeah. Um, it was just a little joke, but. That's a good college. Um, I don't know. My girl went there. Okay, she went there. Um, I don't. You know, I don't know. I I don't know. I think it is. Um, I think when I was applying, they were unaccredited. It's an HBCU. Okay, that that's a historically black black college right or university. Yeah. Um, I think when I applied for them, they were um unaccredited, but. Yeah, I applied in, but I'm pretty sure they are credited now. But, um, so, you know, and I didn't know, I didn't have anybody, like, coaching me on the whole college thing. Yeah. Like, as far as, like, scholarships, because I, I was poor. Like, I was poor as a teenager. Um, so I, I ain't have no money. You know, I ain't have shit. And, um... 
like I said, nobody was coaching me. So when it came time to apply, I applied there, and it was this one other school that I wanted to apply to because I was I wanted to become a producer. Okay, music yeah. a music producer, and it was a school called Full Sail University in Florida, and they're like I guess world renowned for like having some of the best like music programs and, and shit like that. But they were like fifty thousand dollars a year, which would have been put me at two hundred thousand dollars for a degree. For a degree. Yeah. And I was like, "Well, there's no fucking way I'm doing that." Yeah. And I was like, "I want to become a producer." And I looked. I was like, "If I really want to become a producer, I shouldn't have to go to school to learn but to make music. That's just something I do on my own." Yeah. I realized that they was teaching me about sound and how sound works. I was like, "Fuck that! I'm not doing that." Yeah. Um, so I, I just took the long route. That's why I started working at Walmart because, you know, um, actually after high school, I went to New York. Um, I used to go to New York every summer and just spend time up there with my family um, and friends up there. And I was trying to get a job up there. Yeah. Didn't get a job. Um, and I was applying, boy. I was applying to some shit. I, a lot of places. Nobody hired me. Damn. Nobody hired me. I had to come back down here in September for my license because I don't know if they still do it, but back then they used to um, make you go to court to get your license. No, they don't do that no more. Yeah, so I had to go to court to get my license. And um, so that basically like brought me back down here. And yeah. then I got a job at Kohl's, like I said, um, and, and took the long route. And you know, to this day, I'm thankful that I did not go to college because I would be in debt. And, you know, that whole college experience that people talk about, like my girl, she, she actually, she, she lived that college life. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, you know, sometimes I wish I, I wish I would have experienced college life just because people, they, they love, they love the experience of college. Like yeah. coming of age, you know, after, after you get out of high school, you out of your parents' house and you got a little bit of independence and you know, you young, dumb, full of cum, you know. I would have loved that experience, but I like not having that more. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, as much as I would have loved to experience that, I, I like not having that. And I'm glad I did not make that decision because everyone expected me to. And, you know, when you're young, at least in my situation, you know, you want to listen to your elders because you think they, you think they have the the right words for you or the right the right path for you to go down but like I said I didn't I didn't go that way and I'm making you know a, a decent salary not what I want to be making but a decent salary yeah you know what I mean I'm making a decent salary and um some people that I've gone to school with they went to college and they ain't doing much better than me yeah you know you know, you know, what you know I mean? how you said uh how your elders, they tend to, like you said, you would think they would know better. You know, my parents actually are like the, you know, you should go to college people. I was like the one that kind of, I'm like, I guess I've always been like rebellious. Is that the right word? Mm -hmm. So I'm always that, I'm the middle child of my family. So I always think outside of the box I was put into. So I was, only, I was the one that was like, no, nah, I'm not going to college, right? Um, I always had in the back of my head that I wasn't going to college ever since I was a freshman. I was like, look, this is how I saw it. And then, you know. I was like, look, everybody goes to college four years. I start working and get real life experience from now. By the time they come out of college, I'll already be way ahead of them, right? That's how I saw it. And, you know, I mean, I always knew it was going to be like, 
you can't have both. You can have one or the other. So I always knew, like, you know, there's times where, like, damn, I should have. Do I regret not going to college? And I think about it, too. I'm like, I'm sure in the future, I'll know I made the right choice for what I wanted. But it's like, also, like, college, you could get that same experience without going to college. Because in reality, college, it's just another school. You get a bunch of people gathered, a social gathering in one place. You can do that at a club. You can do that at a mall. Mm -hmm. So it's like you don't have to go to college to experience that. Mm -hmm. It just feels like a... It's an expensive party. Yeah. And you know what's one thing that gets me thinking is like, when you have that many people gathered into a building, I don't, I don't, I'm not saying you're forced to talk to them, but it's like the fact that you see them every day is a repetitive thing. You're more likely to engage with them. Same like, um, like if I see somebody, if I'm walking um, through a mall, it's a one-time social gathering, right? If that makes any sense. No, I know what you're saying. I'll walk past this person completely. Not for, I don't even, I didn't even see him, never see him again. Doesn't bother me, right? Mm -hmm. But if it's a school, let's say if I go to, uh, that everybody goes to the mall every day, eventually I'll be like, oh, yo, what's up? Or I'm, I start talking to him. It's like, I might even like start liking to talk to him. You know what I'm saying? Does that make sense? Yeah. Or a friend. But it's like, your friends because of proximity. Yeah. So I feel like, and what it's like almost like with this podcast. If I get somebody that I've never talked to, I'm like, hey, do you want to come talk uh, on the podcast? Also, we have we're here in this proximity. We're having a good conversation. And if it's like outside of this room and the proximity, uh, some people may not even want to talk to me. If that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So that's one thing I noticed. But it's like that's how I see college. It's like almost like a not forcefulness, but it's just that it's a different energy in a school wise. So going back to what you talking about with homeschool, it makes me it makes me think about you know how the argument is sociability. Yeah. Let's say social sociable issues are not a are not a problem. Say they're very sociable, but being that they spend a lot more time alone and they can be social, they may have a better friend choosing um, aptitude than someone who's in public school. Yeah. Because you're entrenched around a whole bunch of people, and because you are in high school with a bunch of people, you may think, well, there's got to be somebody here that I like, or yeah. I like this person. But when you're at home, in homeschool, let's let's say you're in a situation where you're just being taught by your by your parents, you and you're not socially awkward, right? Yeah, uh -huh. let's, let's, let's take that out you may be able to choose friends better. You know, I see where you're coming from, but let me tell you why I may disagree. I, no, it's, 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 it's two sides to it. It yeah. definitely could, be, it could happen in both ways. you know, if you're homeschooled, you're not too used to, you don't see too many different people every day. You, you know what I'm saying? You don't know what, you don't see like this person's a good person, this person's a bad person. But if you go to public school, you're like, all right, yeah, I know who. I don't really want to hang around this people like this, people like that. And then you pick from experience, like, okay, I know he's not like this type of group of people. But if, if you're homeschooled, you may fall for the first person you see. If that makes any sense? Yes. You won't have anything to compare it to. Right. You don't have. But I guess I should have said they aren't socially awkward, but they still get social time. Okay. Yeah. You know, like I talked about. Parents still takes them, you know, to the whatever gathering, the soccer, gathering, stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, the, the family cookouts and all the shit. You know, they're not, but they learn what they. They're not socially awkward, but being that they don't have any, um, 
constant contact with the same people, yeah, they go in these different environments and see different people, meet different people. Because yeah. who's to say that this parent is not taking them to all the, the the science conferences, the science fairs, meeting all these different people, you know, history, whatever, whatever, the, all these different educational type trips that the parent may be taking them on, but they're not seeing the same people. They they may be able to choose friends better. Yeah, no, I get you. Yeah, that makes sense. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but um, yeah, man, I, I, I that so I guess to wrap that part up, like I was just happy that I, that I did not go to college. Yeah, I get you. I, I was happy I did not go to college. You know what? You know how we're talking about how public schools are monopoly. Don't you think colleges are too? Colleges is fucked. Colleges, college. So, college you used to be able to pay for college while you were in college. Like you used to be able to get like a, a little a little job. Yeah. Pay your tuition as you were in college, and by the time you got out of college, you ain't have no debt. But what happened was the government started to guarantee, um, or back the kids. It was. It was some shit they did in was it the sixties, um, and because they got guaranteed, the colleges was like, wait, so the the, the government is gonna pay? Yeah. So we could we could run this motherfucker up. Almost like insurance, right? Yeah. Oh, that makes Health sense. insurance, yeah. Yeah. It just I could just I was charging a thousand dollars. Now I could charge five. Yeah. Shit, why not ten? Uh-huh. You know, like, so that's, college is one of the most, um, uh, up, not appreciating, but yeah, I guess appreciating prices. Like pharmaceuticals? Pharmaceuticals. College is outrageous with prices. Yeah. But if they take that government guarantee away, their price is going to have to come down because ain't nobody going to pay it. Yeah. Ain't nobody gonna pay it. But you know, this is the thing too, though. I think if you make under a certain amount of money, you can't apply for that same benefit. Like, I would say after like COVID, inflation, everything, middle yeah, middle class is kind of crushed because even middle class people can't. I think if you're higher middle class, you can't even uh, uh, meet the requirements to get those loans. Well, yeah, those loans. Um, there may be some grants out there or some scholarships that you may yeah. be able to um tap into, but. Yeah, when you're talking about the government, yeah, FAFSA, federal federal aid, yeah, it's all types of income requirements. Like, uh-huh. I know, I wish, I just wish I knew. I think I did do FAFSA, or I had started it. But like I said, I had nobody in my corner. And when, yeah. you're, when you're a kid, if you don't have nobody telling you this shit, you're not going to know. Um, especially at that time, because um, the resources... There's no TikTok back then, because yeah. you could you could find you could find a TikTok on any fucking thing. You could find a YouTube video on anything. You had to have somebody who knew that was there telling you. Yeah. Right. You couldn't. There was no outlet to just find the shit. You know, it even we had Google back then, but you know, I didn't think to Google anything. But even if I did, I don't know how much would have came up. You you think? Maybe the government is like worried, or that's why they want to take away TikTok because people are not well, people can have all that like knowledge of knowledge and outside of the box experience of thinking into your phone, and then people are starting to be smarter and thinking outside of the norm that they put them in. You know what I'm saying? 
Um, I mean, you could you you could say that, you could think that, but they could have they, they you could have said the same thing for Google. Yeah, you could have said the same thing for YouTube. I think TikTok. The reason why it's gotten, you know, that type of attention is because TikTok. I think it's owned by a Chinese company. Yeah, it's owned by a Chinese company and Chinese. They use technologies, you know, spying technologies that American companies, I guess, don't can't use or for forbade, you know, um, against using. So that's the that's the. From my understanding, that's the problem is they they have the capacity to monitor you in a different type of way. Or well, other companies, American companies monitor you too, but I was about to say that. It's I think it's it being in the hands of China is the is no the worries. issue. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's the issue and that's that's the worry. But no, nah, I mean information is information. It it it, it betters your life to know more. Um Going back to the economy, as things as things get more efficient, like I say this all the time, if I was the first person to make shoes, right? Yeah, I could charge a certain price, and then let's say I, you know, I do it for five years before the next person comes in and realizes, man, I could I could come in here and make shoes and sell it for a little bit cheaper, and then as time goes on, more and more people make shoes, and then someone realizes, well, shit, you know. We're making shoes. We could start hanging. We could make a longer string, yeah, from the from the shoe strings, and make a clothesline. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. And as time goes on, these different inventions start making life easier, yeah. faster, more efficient. That that's what that's what we come to. That I mean, we're in two thousand twenty three. When I was twenty years ago, like I said, none of this shit was here. You know what I mean? Like, none of this was here. Um, And think about 100 years ago. Think about 200 years ago. Things have, like, just... Yeah. And imagine what it would be in 20 years. Yeah, because even if you think about the last 20 years. 20 years ago, we had the first iPhone. First little iPhone that, you know what I'm saying, it was like, you could really... First MP3 player. Yeah. iPods. you, You know, let me get your thoughts on something. Don't you... Do you think maybe they already have maybe like the next twenty years of technology ready, like you know, like I I I'd say like vaulted, and they'll like kind of like it's kind of like almost like release dates, push it out over time. That way they could profit off of it and people could get evolved into the advancement over time. So this is my thoughts on it. I know I I looked at a, um a video. Um, this is something else I like looking at every now and then. It's called the Soho Forum. I think I've heard of that. And it's it's a, Soho is a is a place or area in New York City. Oh, in New York City, okay. And um, in Manhattan, I think specifically. Um, and they they have debates. Okay. And one of the debates were was um, patents or no patents. So to answer your question, what happens a lot of times is people come up with new technologies. Big companies come by the, the patent, yeah, squash it. They, uh, don't, they don't put it out. Like I remember, sense. I heard there was a, a a car or a vehicle that could run off of. It may have been water. It may have been water. Yeah, it's water. Yeah, um, and I think somebody bought it and just squashed it because. That 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 brings 
that brings the oil industry to a halt. Yep. You know they killed a guy that invented that? They killed him? Yeah. I believe it. I mean, shit happens, man. And, and you know, it's sad because people see, people get so tied to their salaries and, and the money that they're making that they don't see the greater good. Like, you can make money. Yeah, your shit is going to be affected now. Uh-huh. Just like I was talking about with the school, like, People are digging their hills in with, with school choice because the higher ups in the counties and in the, in the, in the municipalities, they making a lot of money in the school board. You know what I mean? Yeah. The superintendents. That shit is gonna go down if they allow that a freer market to start taking place. Yeah. Um, with the with the with the car. Yeah, your salary and your 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 bank is gonna be affected, but that's gonna allow for just invest in something else true but you know people, they don't want that they don't want that you know you start making money the way you make money people don't want to change that easy you know they don't want to they don't want to have to change up um but that's part of that's part of like an economy like yeah finding it finding finding a niche finding finding a way to make money is a new way to make money is part of the economy because if something goes down think about we talking about technology, Polaroids. We're just talking about Polaroids. Yeah. Kodak is not in business anymore. Yeah. Right? Blockbuster is not in business anymore. Yep. You know? Um, but if you if you follow the trends and see what's going on, you can you can capitalize off of what's next, what's new to come. Yeah. But some people dig their heels into what the status quo is, and that's how you get lobbyists. They pay, you know, they pay the, the presidents and the congressmen to keep things the way they are so that new technologies and new business ventures, new business people can't get in um, to change the market up. Yeah. Um, and that's something else uh, Peter Schiff was talking about on the Joe, Joe Rogan podcast uh-huh. I was talking about. I'm going to watch that. Uh, the the um, minimum wage. 725 still, right? No, hell no. Not in, not in Virginia. It's oh, but uh, it's national, nationally right though, right? I think nationally, I think it's still a seven twenty five. Yeah. Um, but in Virginia, it's it's twelve right now. But it's supposed to they they already passed the law that it's supposed to go up to fifteen. But you know, people that's one thing that um, I always just think like, oh yeah, they should raise the minimum wage. But when people, normal people, like people that aren't informed, don't realize that's just making inflation worse. It's what it's doing is you could take inflation out of it because inflate inflation. Let's keep that issue. Stand alone. Uh-huh. Say there is no inflation. If you make the minimum wage, or if you make a minimum wage, period. But let's say you make a minimum, change it from seven twenty five to fifteen. What that's doing is any jobs that were less than fifteen, either they're going to the employers are going to eliminate that job and make someone else do that job. Uh-huh. Or they may bring that person up to 15, but if there was two people at that position, they may let the other person go. Um, they'll have to raise their prices. Yeah. So you don't get something for nothing. You got people that's going to lose their jobs. You know, that job is worth, you know, $9 an hour to that business. It's worth $9 an hour to that business. So you're going to force them to pay 15 And what happens is, you got these people that are making fifteen dollars an hour when they were making seven twenty five. Yep. 
and you got someone that's making twenty five dollars an hour who is way more skilled and you got they now are you know they didn't double their pay but the person that's making twenty five dollars an hour didn't. Let me ask you something. Do you think that's why maybe businesses are starting to maybe replace them with workers with AI and robots to come like fight their expenses? Yeah, because humans we're the engine that make all this thing go. Yeah. Right? We're we're the ones that's making it happen. A business would pay someone to do it if it's worth if it's worth it. Yeah. But because you got to think, if they go to AI and, and and robots and all that stuff, that still costs money. Oh, yeah. They still got to pay someone. Yeah, there's not they, they don't have a human sitting there paying them on the clock, but they still got to pay to keep the the updates maintenance. On, the, on the AI, the, the maintenance of the equipment. They got to have the expertise. They got to pay the person that knows how to fix that, and yeah. that's going to cost a lot of money to uh-huh. pay them to know how to fix it. So they got to work that into their cost. So if if it if it was their choice, they probably would stick with the person. But being that the government is forcing yeah. wages up, and they don't they don't see any any you know let up on that. Well, we're just gonna go in this direction. It may not be what we want to do, but we're kind of they're forcing our hand to do it. I will say the uh, uh, I mean that's just capitalism right there. I mm-hmm. mean I'll be honest, I I'm. I'm a capitalist because I really think it's like a, it's almost like a kill or be killed type of world. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I feel like capitalism is like very straightforward to reality. And it's not like a sugarcoating, like, oh yeah, we can all make a decent amount of money. I, well, I always say this to my mom, right? Because I have talks with her about stuff like this. I'm like, in the world, in order for it to be bad, there has to be good. In order for it to be good, there has to be bad. Rich, same with rich. In order for it to be poor, there has to be rich. Not everybody can have an equal amount. That's what makes you know, different people, valuable and companies, same with everything. It's a dichotomy of life. I mean, you you could be poor and then work your way to be rich. You can. And that's right. the beauty of capitalism. That's the beauty of life, right? Yeah. The beauty of life is being down on, down on your luck, like I was just talking about, and then doing something about it. Beauty of life is like the book that I was listening to. Um, the guy, he got sold into slavery, and he wound up, he got sold into slavery because he was um, he owed a lot of people money, uh-huh. and he got put into slavery. Slavery. The the master's wife actually set him free. Okay. And then he wound up going back and paying people off that he owed, and you know he felt better. He felt good about him. So that's actually the last chapter that I kind of just listened to. But um, is that that's the beauty of life? Is that the uh, richest man? Baby, baby, okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um. But yeah, that's yeah. You can't, you know. I don't. I don't agree with the you know socialism, because it's it's, it's inefficient. Yeah, it's, it's inefficient. We we're all different. People have different values. Some people and and you know, I remember I had this big debate with my cousin. Uh-huh. Um, it was oh man, it was a big debate. It was bad. It's always a debate with the cousins. Um, and I was like, yo, all I wanted. I don't want to have to do all this. I don't want to have to teach in the evening and during the day. Yeah. And have to um, DJ and do side work. I don't have to do all that. I yeah. don't want to have to do all that. But I, I'm kind of forced to. I would love to just be able to have a job and just live life the quiet way. But 
my hand is being forced because of the realities of the situation that we're in in America. Yeah, you know how you say you're forced? That's a good way. It's a good that you see it that way, that forced. Because reality, you're not forced. But you're forced. You feel forced because you want a certain life or you want to be in a certain position. But that's why they have homeless people. They're not forced. They realize that. But they know what they have to live with. Yeah. 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 So, like, I, you know, I would rather just, I would rather just, so, going back to inflation. Yeah. It's funny. Like, when I was a kid, it was like this innate thing that, and I look back on it. Prices are actually supposed to go down. So going back to the shoe thing, right? Yeah. I'm the first guy that has shoes, and I'm selling them, say, $50 a pair. You come in. You figure out how to make it five years later. You're going to undercut me. That's going to force my price to either I, I it's one of two things can happen. I could keep my $50 price. I, I've been in the business longer. I've got... I understand the the pitfalls of the business a little bit more than you because you're you're newer. Yeah. So I may be able to keep my my fifty dollar price, but you may take a little bit of market share from me. Yeah. But let's say ten more people come in, and they keep on undercutting you and so forth and so on. I may have to bring my price down. Yeah. So therefore, prices come down because of competition, right? The reason why prices go up is because of inflation. So I think as a kid, I, I think I innately knew and didn't even think about it that prices are supposed to come down. So if you save your money, you'll be able to buy more in the future than you can buy now. But in today's time, saving definitely in the bank ain't going to do shit for yeah. you, right? So saving doesn't do anything for you. So you're sitting there losing money. So you have to figure out something to do with your money to be able to make money so that you're not sitting there letting your money lose value. Uh-huh. So, like, going back to what we were talking about with me being forced, I'm forced to kind of do what I'm doing now because I have to, I have to try to compete with the the rate of inflation with, by making more money because I know my rent is going to go up next, yep. next cycle, next lease is going to go up. Um, my rent is going to go up and just having my money sitting in the bank ain't going to do nothing for me. Yeah. So I have to work to make more money to be able to put it in something that will make me money uh, when inflation goes haywire and it really hits the fan. So it it's, it's one of those things. I, I, I don't want to have to be like running. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm I don't want to have to do this, but that, I kind of have to. Yeah, I mean that's the system that's in place. If you you gotta do something about it or not, and right. you, this is how I see it, right? You you I've always told, like I said, I had talks like this with my mom. I told her like people pick their almost like their consequences, right? Because mm-hmm. um, I mean I'm sure if you go down that route, you're working for a better life, but your consequence would be having to work. People that don't choose to play the system, they sacrifice, they sacrifice um, having a st- stable life, but 
they don't have to work. If that makes sense, you right. you yeah. pick you, you pick what you whatever you want. There's pros yeah. and cons to every choice. Uh-huh. Pros and cons to every choice. You, you you choose you choose not to work. You ain't gotta go. You ain't gotta go to fucking work. Yeah, yeah. but you you ain't gonna have no damn money either. Uh huh. That's the consequence. That's you know. It's that's that's the beauty of life. You get to choose what you want to do. That's why socialism doesn't work. But when I was Bernie Sanders ran for president in 2016, I actually voted for him, but I didn't know. Uh-huh. He was talking about free college and all this shit, and I had I never even went to college. But I was like, shit, that sounds like a good idea. Get these people out of debt. You yeah. know? But I didn't know anything, or well, not enough. Um, I wound up finding out that's not that's not good. Yeah, like you can't you can't the money that it takes to pay for that would be way more than what you would get from taxpayers. So you're going to want to supplement in the cost of that with new money, inflation. Yep. So, you know, um, but yeah, I'm definitely, I'm definitely for capitalism. There's the people, you know, you know, being from New York is very fast paced. Oh yeah. Very fast paced. Capitalists up there all day, every day, right? People up there trying to make money. That's that's New York, right? Yeah. So there's there's pros. There's, there's, we live in an imperfect world. You know, we live in a perfect world. So no matter what system you choose, it's going to be fucked. But if you allow to, to everyone to have freedom to do what they want, as long as it doesn't infringe upon someone else... It's a, it's a it's an easy choice. We're we're in a perfect world, so you trying to eliminate you trying to eliminate um, certain pitfalls is going to cre- is going to hamstring someone from doing what they may not consider to be a pitfall. Yeah, or not consider to be a big pitfall, right? So freedom is the way to go. That's you know I I definitely lean towards libertarian. Really? Yeah. Huh. I, um, Different, and, and that's just only because that's it's not that's the principles behind it. It's not because I'm, you know, uh, like how Republicans and, and Democrats. It's a different perspective, right? All it is is libertarian. The biggest thing about libertarian is like it's like truly like about freedom. Okay. So Democrat, you know, they, you know, they they they're a lot about from my from my perspective. Um, using the government to provide a lot of services. Republicans use less government, yep. but um, it's it's hard because the parties have kind of changed the 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 way they are over the years. But you know they're 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 more fiscally fiscally um, um, conservative, yeah, um, and. A lot of times, one one thing that characterizes Republicans are like warmongers. Um, they always want to go to war, but a lot of that shit, a lot of a lot of them at this point are kind of like, you know, one and the same. Yeah, they, they they're going in the same direction. But libertarians, they they they're there's still conflict in there from from what I know. But the 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 overarching theme of that party is take government out. Like to 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 bare bones because there's so much inefficiency in the government. So oh, yeah. 
Oh my gosh! Listen, I worked. I told you I worked for the city of Richmond for almost three years, and I'm about to come up on a year in Henrico County. Um, government inefficiency. Pri the private private companies use money way more efficient because they're trying to make a profit. Oh yeah. There is no profit incentive with government. There's none. So it's all on the whim of who's in charge. Yeah. And like it's it's all about making things look good for the public because other people's money are tied into this. But that's inefficient because it becomes, in a sense, socialistic because everyone has to have a say in what's going on versus someone just doing what they want to do with their own. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, so that's 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 what I lean towards is, is libertarianism. It, it's just freedom of the human. It's the 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 focus should be on the individual, not on as a whole. Yeah, oh, that makes sense. It's it's supposed that's that's the whole point of it is to is to allow personal freedom. Going back to what we were saying, yeah. the homeless man, he could be homeless. Let him be homeless yeah. as long as he's not bothering anybody. Yeah, it's fine. Or he's not on anybody's property, right? Um. He's fine, yeah. But that's, you know, that's hard for people to wrestle with sometimes. You know, I don't want to hold you here too late. I know it's a weekday. Um, just to end it off, what's maybe like the biggest lesson you've learned in life so far? Maybe something you would tell your kid. The crazy thing is, um, I grew up in church, and I kind of went away from it. But as I'm getting older. And that shit just ring true. Like that, that shit ring true. The, the stuff in the in the Bible. And I even I've even struggled with like believing, and I still struggle with it. Like believing and knowing truly that that Jesus was here. And maybe it's just because I haven't gotten to the point where I've looked at enough literature or enough history on wow. him as the historical figure versus just the the this biblical figure that's kind of seen that can seem like um fairy tale ish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um but if you even taking that out of it, like just the principles in the Bible, just reconciling with that and realizing how tried and true they are. And they they correlate really well to real life too, right? Yes. Uh huh. Yes. It's a lot of it's a lot of concepts and, and principles in the Bible that play it out when you when you live it it it's almost a guidance to life right yeah i've heard that the, the the letters bible i've heard from from actually someone who's passed away now um uh the basic instructions before leaving earth huh yeah um but yeah i would say i would say like that's where i'm at right now is trying to far as my biggest lesson um yeah I, I stick into stick into principles sticking to principles even when you know it's hard yeah even when, even when it's hard um that's it's tough like even as i'm listening to richest man in babylon a lot of it a lot of where life's ills come from is just us not sticking to what we know we need to do we run away from it you know? but that's that's probably yeah. my number one that's a good lesson too. Yeah. 
I think that's where we're gonna end it here. Uh, it was I, it was a really good talk though. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I know we could. You, I know you could probably go on way go more on for some shit. Yeah, bro. we we could always do a, a second part though. Yeah, we could do another one. Yeah, for sure. So yeah. I I think that's where we're gonna cut it, guys. Um, that's that's fine with me. Later. Over and out. <laughs> that was good. It was. That was a good conversation. <laughs>